0: Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Matthew Danger-Lipman. How's it going? It's
1: going great, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> loving it. Loving the end of the world or wherever we're in. Um, totally. Finding the inner resolve, as we were talking a little bit about. Excited, excited to um, get into the hairy and undervalued topic of terrible songs.
0: Right I you know, I just always think people aren't talking enough about the terrible and mediocre stuff mm-hmm. that they create. I just want more bad content out in the world.
1: yeah, I agree. well, and it's also like in the, like the social media age, you're kind of supposed to be in control of your own narrative to some extent. you don't get to just kind of uh, throw things at the wall in the same way. I think that's that's mm-hmm. that's the hunch I get, and i I love some of this stuff. Not even necessarily my own stuff, but I appreciate that it exists, and the idea of anyone right. finding it seems totally surreal, so getting ahead of it is it just feels great you know
0: yeah i I obviously have this podcast, so I love this stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think um, this is where this is where the heart is
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, like when you're thinking about bad material, like and part of why I like doing this podcast in general. Um, is because you're getting like the full story of people's like creative journeys and experiences and like you know it's cool to like see somebody's curated whatever on on instagram mm-hmm. um but really like I was a creative writing major I love stories like yeah. I've always loved reading I've always loved stories and like that's what it's all about yeah it's all about the journey it's all about the journey man
1: <laughs> totally yeah and uh, <laughs> it's a kind of it's kind of surreal like I also just think, you know, I'm 24, but the idea of, like, a teenager having any brain at all or any, like, creative output or, like, <laughs> desire is, like, so freaking off-putting to me in some way. Like, the idea that there's, like, a 13-year-old just, like, making music like I was, I'm like, I that seems like it should be illegal. <laughs> so, <laughs> to go back and, and to find it and, and recognize, like, uh, you know, the, the tiny little egg... Of whatever kind of person I am now is it's cute, you know?
0: It's- yeah, totally. Especially now, a lot of people have, like when they were younger, had the ability to record some of these mm-hmm. things and still have them. There's definitely stuff that I like recorded on, like, I don't know, like a little cassette player, like right. on a cassette tape when I was really, when I was like maybe in middle school, you know, like singing stuff in my closet, you know, that I don't have anymore. Right. And I'm like, a little grateful that in middle school YouTube wasn't like a huge thing that I had uh-huh. access to because I would have I would have made some heinous shit. Oh yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but I do still have some heinous shit, uh, right? And so it's it's really fun that people are still able to like access these these older things and like that there are, a lot of the stuff is still living out there on the cloud or like YouTube or purevolume.com or whatever. Right. Um.
1: Yeah. The the old heinous shit was analog so someone had to go into your parents place to find it whereas yeah whereas now you know like 11 year old me posting something on myspace or youtube and just immediately someone is like you suck and you should die like it's like (laughs) it's great you know i think it's
0: it's wonderful (laughs) yeah yeah, it's
1: wonderful i think that's what my point is (laughs) yeah right yeah I, i got to learn from a young age with the the heckler uh the heckler to artist, you know, back and forth that is so near and dear to me.
0: Yes. One of the most important relationships, honestly. Definitely. Um, so we do have some of that heinous shit here to listen to. So do you want to talk about this first track before we listen to it?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, like I, I started playing guitar when I was like 11 or so. Um, but the idea of singing, you know, I wouldn't practice in my house or anything. As like an 11 year old at the same time, I also was like a rapper in my school named Matt Dog. Uh, and eventually <laughs> I ended up kind of posting up with some friends in the lunchroom and we formed this rap group called The Default Code. And uh, and we play it like our eighth grade moving up graduation and stuff. Uh, and you know, oh, wow. we'd, we'd make, uh, or I'd make the beats on, um, it wasn't Fruity Loops, it was like Mixer or Mixcraft. It was like super old Windows. Huh. But so long story short, this is his own kind of freaking long story. Uh, I was like making a documentary with my friend in eighth grade, and I got kind of courted by this guy that worked at the subway, who was encouraging us to edit the video at our place. This is a funny story to me, by the way. This isn't you know too sensitive. But uh, my friend ended up looking up the guy after a few times of us talking about maybe going over to his place, and found out that he was a, mm-hmm. a convicted child predator who just got out of jail. Oh God! So you know when you're growing up in Buffalo. And you're in like ninth grade this is like strictly comedic material so right one of these rap group songs is called i met a predator on the predator and it's imagining if i met this guy on the amusement park ride in buffalo called the predator okay <laughs> and that's, i was
0: wondering <laughs> that's
1: Jeez. yeah that's that's the ingenious uh trappings for this first eighth grade rap song and it features my friend steven who plays the Predator. Very 2009 comedy style. This is the story, is the story
2: of one man, one. Man one man
1: who went to Darien Lake. Darien Lake, <laughs> Darien Lake is the Buffalo Amusement Park. I just obviously. wanted to ride
2: some rides. Of
1: course. <laughs> yeah. What he found, found was much scarier.
2: Well, the record scratching. Yeah. I, I know. I was at Marion Lake in 2009. I realized I was the only one in the line for the predator. I thought it was my lucky day, but I had it wrong. It was the oh, other horror. way. Cause a man a predator on a predator. What an unfortunate day.
1: It was <laughs> like first attempt at singing. It was kind of earnestly trying to bridge the the two styles for me.
2: I met a or or I'm a right.
0: So did you just have a recording set up?
2: Yeah. I
1: pretty much just like into, into my first laptop um, speaker, which... I got my own theories about how I feel like they work worse now. I and mean, this was like two thousand eight like shitty windows. And then here's yeah. here's Steve coming, My buddy Steve.
2: I'm a convicted sex offender because I'm a predator.
1: I think Yeah. There's there's some some uh someone smarter than me I'm sure could provide the uh the socioeconomic or cultural context behind this thing. <laughs>
0: yeah it's there it's yeah all know oh yeah there.
1: definitely there definitely there i wonder
2: what my mom would say
0: it's interesting too because i r- do remember the idea of somebody being a sexual predator really was played for laughs at, at sort of this age like there was definitely i don't know like a gym teacher we had for yeah. one year um I think his name was Mr. Ham funnily yeah, enough yeah. something like that um, you know and then and everybody was basically like oh he's like a weirdo right with and everybody perver- just like, joked about yeah. it right exactly it was just like a thing that we jo- joked about as like you know 7th or 8th graders or something like that
1: definitely I mean I think it's a few things I mean it was also like we grew up post Eminem um, you know post right. South Park family guy like kind of like the joke about anything era and then it was also, yeah. I mean a lot of the PG-13 movies have like creepy old guy characters and then also when you are literally like a child, the idea whatever, I don't want to get too, too dark but the idea of someone finding you sexually attractive is so insanely funny it's like you don't even have your own right. sexuality yet so, you know you have you can have the uh... and then just in, in this song's case the idea I got to meet a bona fide one was just, just Hilarious, you know. Kids at right. kids at the school loved this one. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did. I I thought it was cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. I mean, you really got it into it with the concept too, with the uh, the ride, you know. Right,
1: right, right. And you know, I mean, I, it was all the um, the loops that came with Mixcraft, but I, I tried to give like um, like an epic feel to it. It has this long, eerie strings fade out at the end Mm -hmm. i'm I'm sure everyone listening is going to appreciate (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) so with this sort of rap group rap collective Mm -hmm. what have you were you were you performing out a lot were you practicing a lot were you just messing around
1: we we kind of had um a fluctuating members list because um me and, me and the other beat maker, James, started getting a little indignant that they weren't taking it seriously enough, and like, you right. know, I recorded like a comeback single, which I almost used for this one, but it struck me as maybe a little less funny, um, where I like diss the other members, you know, I'm like, <laughs> uh, started off six, but now it's looking like two, and it's, you know, just like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell was I talking about, like, I don't think I even put it online. It was like just a self-righteous, like they do not really understand where the default code is going type of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we tried to keep it super harsh old school where we didn't tell someone they were out. We would just put out the next single and they wouldn't be on it. And then, gotcha. you know, it kind of implied that they couldn't keep up with the, with the concept. And then at some point, it just like kind of crashed into my burgeoning guitar playing and singing abilities. And then I started to realize that it was a little bit more where I was drifting, which actually is, it's, yeah. that's kind of an okay transition to the next one, but, uh, perfect. Yeah.
0: Then let's just do that transition. Sure. Look at us. I know. right? It's like a real podcast. I know, yeah. we're, <laughs> we're working very smooth
1: here. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, yeah. So if you want to talk a little bit about this one before we give it a listen, so this is actually the track and then there's a response track, correct?
1: Yeah. This, this one is probably the most infamous in, in my, um, long and storied songbook so this one was from an album that i recorded um in like 2010 or so i guess i was 14 or 15 and it was kind of like my coming of age like i I was doing some of the beats but i I was recording like acoustic guitar over it i was like super into um i guess it it, this went into 2011 too because i was super into like james blake's first album and then like of montreal and like some of the stuff where i kind of decided i could maybe like become one of those auteur type home recording type of guys the first uh uh before today that first Ariel Pink 4AD album I was just super excited to make like the first serious music so this one that we're about to play is the last track and it's called architecture slash the ways of the colors (laughs) very like you know um portentous slash Uh slash pretentious to use the (laughs) title paradigm I guess I don't know I mean it's just warning everybody it's like seven minutes long um, and
0: Wonderful. And it was
1: something where I, I was sending early versions to some friends and they were encouraging me maybe to make it a little shorter back when it was like five minutes and I got more indignant and made it seven minutes uh, so we can we'll, we'll, we'll just talk over it I'm, I'm down to play it great let's do it architecture
2: architecture <laughs> architecture 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 uh,
1: you can hear the the weird loop of like me clicking off and stuff which just repeats like literally 200 times in it architecture <laughs> 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 oh that's architecture.
2: great
1: right there yeah uh, architecture
0: were, yeah were you using that same program to what were you using to yeah yeah this, this? was
1: mixcraft still somebody's to got to bring mixcraft back
0: Maybe it's you. That's Maybe
1: you're the sample. one who has to bring it back. True. <laughs> I yeah, it was it was a fine piece of machinery, you know. It's cool that a 14-year-old could do this. This is also yeah. the it's based off the first two chords of uh You're a big girl now by Bob Dylan. Um, but I play it myself on like a very bootleg midi harpsichord. Sure. Sure. Got
2: to say you got a way of showing me how to do I
0: love the little weird vocal effect
1: there. Yeah, that was just me being very, very into that first James Blake album. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is kind of one of those classic petty high school romance diss songs. I think it was like a, oh, yeah. it was a, a girl that wrote a couple songs like that about us. You know, we talked on Facebook for like a summer and we went and saw Toy Story 3. Um, <laughs> and then she ended up quote-unquote dating in like a 10th grade sense, a friend of mine. So I don't know what the hell it has to do with architecture, but, um, you know, it's supposed to be abstract, obviously. Right.
0: Right, this is art.
1: Exactly. This was, this was the first first grappling at real serious art shocked the the buffalo kids <laughs>
0: Yeah, here we go <laughs> um so you put this out on an album or an ep yeah
1: it was, it was an album that i put out and then I, I visited new york for the first time with like a teacher and i just wrote my band camp on like every surface i could find i don't think anyone ever listened to it <laughs> but <laughs> i
2: love that Good
1: morning everybody there's an f-bomb here Thank some you. people
2: care babe. well i don't give a fuck
0: I love how you dramatically highlighted that with all the musical elements.
1: Yeah, the (laughs) beat drops out. Just to get everybody through this, this is kind of what the next part's going to be about, but... uh, I was just immediately totally lambasted for this thing. People were counting how many times it said "architecture" in it, which is—I think oh someone God. says maybe something like 200 times, I and mean, it is looped. That's a lot of times. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's horrible. But
0: it makes sense. You are repeating it a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a meaningful word. <laughs> yeah. Dead rocks of society. <laughs>
0: Did you take guitar lessons, or were you teaching yourself?
1: Yeah, I, I took um, lessons with this uh, old guy named Don for a few years. Um, and it wasn't—it wasn't too like technical or music theory. He just kind of have me bring in the CDs I like, and then kind of guess the chords with me. And then, you know, it was like it was, it was like so we definitely encouraged like the you know making noise portion of things, which I appreciate. Yeah,
0: I appreciate that too. I think it's especially nice to have you know kids younger people be able to play the things that they actually want to play and care about
1: yeah definitely I mean that that's how my mom um, kind of frames how he was a good teacher no dissing Don great guy but um, yeah you know I just bring in like uh, I think I brought in the Velvet Underground and Nico and he was trying to figure out all tomorrow's parties and he plays like the C and he plays the C sharp and he's like oh <laughs> You can't play this. This is one of those weird, 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 detuned songs. You just no, you you just (laughs) pass this one. You know, none of the. He was like showing me how to play like "Smoke on the Water" and stuff. (laughs) Right. He didn't like it when it got too weird, (laughs) like this. Right. Y'all, feeling this right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure everybody's grooving to this.
1: I know. Sample the wind from uh, Pink Floyd's One of These Days. <laughs> Trying to get on my real Prague atmospheric vibe, you know?
0: Hell yeah. So who was it who created the response uh,
1: to this so, song? So yeah, um, so I was pretty excited when it came out because, um, like, first thing that happened, um, I was like at a at a little like summer park festival, and this kid uh, Liam, who is a little more badass than I, uh, and was a stoner, said that he listened to that song stoned and. He was like, man, I was just tripping. That was like an odyssey, man. And I was like, I've made it. Someone (laughs) got stoned to my trippy song and they approved of it. So I really thought this was going to be like a turning point. Again, respect, dot, dot, dot. Uh, And then um, pretty much just like immediately, like all my friends just like in the halls would start going like, architecture. And I was like, oh, God, this is all going to come back to haunt me. And they'd just be like, the ways of the colors, man. That's the ways of the colors. Like a week or two later, uh, my friend James sent me uh, a website link. And it was a band camp for this new band called Frank Lloyd and the Architects. Oh, no. Which was just, uh, it was my friend James who ironically fucking helped me mix that song. uh, And was also in the default code. Excuse me. Yeah, right? Kind of a uh, traitorous vibes of James. Yeah. Uh, who actually just directed my last video. So we've obviously, you know, managed to patch things up. And then there's uh, Alex Mersinger and Connor Stillwell, my next door neighbor, and uh, Monica Kaczynski, who's Alex's girlfriend. I believe that was the whole crew. And they restaged like the album cover for the album. Like, uh, and then I just saw this 10 song track listing. And we kind of would do this as kids, like we made like whole albums, uh, like within the friend group, kind of like making fun of each other, or like mm-hmm. it kind of came out of like the rap tradition thing. But like it would encompass like any extremely bootleg genre of music we could create uh, on a computer. And I hit play, and it was like an entire album length response to architecture, the ways, of the colors, oh my God. where the Connor plays Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, who like takes acid and like learns how to become the ultimate architect, uh, and they like for some reason like sampled James's dad like using a circular saw and like made it like the motif of the album. And at one point they sing "Architecture" a hundred times over a sample of uh, Jay Giles Band's "Centerfold." It was just like designed to oh destroy me, <laughs> which is, it did. Wh- uh, I
0: mean, yeah, that sounds like devastating. <laughs>
1: I mean, in the best way, because it's like, you know, I mean, we all made a ton of music together. So it was like anything we could do to get one up on each other was like the thing. But this was the one where I was like, all right, architecture is never coming back. Totally. So the one the one that I picked is the last track uh, called Fuck You, where uh, they just explained to me why they made the album over a sample of the original track. Wonderful. And you can also hear a little bit of the ending of the uh, the middle album, Saga, where it's just about Frank Lloyd Wright. I mean, it's pretty creative, it it just doesn't right. make any sense outside of the realm of my one song I made as a 14-year-old, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, this one's called Fuck You, and it's by Frank Lloyd and the Architects.
2: How was your trip, Matt? Fucking awesome. <laughs> where do we begin with this? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt, you brought this on yourself. This has been a long time coming, and this is the payoff. If you just remember, you make any terrible music ever again, we will find it and we will do the same thing <laughs> over <laughs> again. You brought this upon yourself. Architecture is crap. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what you were thinking when you made that, but this is what you deserved and it was just and you deserved <laughs> Frank Lloyd and the
1: architects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess it sums it up. Oh, there's the song All right. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then. Fuck you.
2: The ways of the colors.
0: <laughs> what? A wild response. I know. It's wild that it's a whole album, a whole album about one song, not a whole album response to your album. But to your one song.
1: Right, right. It's funny. I was actually with them last night because I'm back in Buffalo and they were helping me kind of like shoot this music video. And they started talking about Frank Lloyd and the Architects. And I was like, you know, I'm going to be talking about you guys tomorrow. (laughs) And they were just like totally overjoyed. But I didn't actually even ask for any context on how they decided to do that (laughs) i think it was just like it's just part and parcel like we were super into the idea like it was just such a closed circuit you know like right we didn't really know all that many other musicians and like public school of 500 kids in buffalo like it's such a like a a, an immediate like tiny ecosystem that totally you could like that's that's your version of like a freaking like a pop culture rap beef is like all right, Matt recorded that new song. We're going to have to come back with something something good, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not quite the same, but in high school, I had a little bit of a similar thing. Me and my boyfriend at the time and his brother, mm-hmm. and they really wanted to be filmmakers, we made a very dramatic music video. Um, oh, yeah. We had these broken pianos from our school. They were just throwing them out. So we were like, oh, what if we burned one of these pianos? And then I was like, what if we (laughs) burned it in a music video for one of my songs? Uh, We did that. It was a, very dramatic my songs at the time were very dramatic very i I loved evanescence a lot so it was like that sort of vibe you know um (laughs) and then a couple other of my friends who also did filmmaking stuff made a parody video of my music video
1: (laughs) wow (laughs) which was
0: wild which uh, after this i'm gonna go see if that's still on the internet because i forgot about that but it was all in good fun, I feel like. It was very yeah, funny. Yeah. But it was like the same sort of vibe of them being like, All right, this is like a little ridiculous and now we're gonna poke fun at it right. and we're gonna make a parody video. So
1: Right. That's that's crazy how uniquely applicable that is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like like, all right, you you made a misstep. <laughs> we're gonna have to do our version of it. Or not even, like it's it's more just like it would be very funny to just make fun of this right now. Which it is. <laughs> yeah. It's well appreciated
0: i think part of it too is you, i like grew up in a very small town like one stoplight mm-hmm. town you know it's like there's only so right. much to do so when you get an idea like that right, you right, just right, have right, time right, right. for it <laughs> like right. you can just run with that
1: right and yeah it's kind of pre-conscious you know like you're not thinking about like why you would spend a day doing like an inside joke it's like like oh man right when anna sees this like <laughs> like the payoff is pretty much greater than anything you'll actually ever do outside of that yeah (laughs) like that's that's target target, uh locked and just hit immediately (laughs) Uh, i I mean i mean i've really honestly been thinking about that like and i've been thinking about this because of this and then i'm i'm back in buffalo for a few days obviously um like the small town small city high school vibe it's like I don't know. There's something about the creativity in that time. Even though I was just saying it should be illegal for teenagers to make art, which is, you know, objectively probably true. But uh, (laughs) there's there's something that's kind of so uniquely joyful about it when you have nothing to do. There's no insane hopes unless you live in like a small town in Washington State and there's some like psychotic A&R person that hangs around there like looking for the next teen <laughs> sensation right but if you're not in one of those like hot what would you call it hot spots for for the next 13 year old talent like truly n- as i'm saying and pointing out no one could give the tiniest percentage of uh, a you know an shit about what you're making so Like there's no dream or scheming or hopes or like, well, what if we do it this way? Like there's no there's no broader appeal that it could ever have. So, right. Like you only have your own ceiling to work against, you know. Right. Uh, So that's 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 why I end up making this like shitty little seven minute synth pop track. And then a bunch of friends are like, all right, time to issue the response. Like (laughs) it's like such a such a little ecosystem, which I love. So great. Yeah.
0: All right. So you have you have one more track here to listen to.
1: Yes. This is this is kind of when the transition became complete to me being earnest in music. You know, which is hard. I mean, I. Yes. It's it's funny because you're talking about high school, like loving Evanescence and stuff, and. Like for whatever reason I just reacted like super against that stuff back then. I'm getting into it more now. Not evanescence exactly, but
0: <laughs> Right, <laughs> like fair. I
1: found I found myself at twenty one starting to listen to nine inch nails and then all of a sudden I'm like, Do I just have like a delayed onset emo phase? Like <laughs> And, you know, my my roommate was pointing out to me, like, You don't listen to music that's emotionally forthright. You need to listen to the cure and I was like, You know, you're right. I'm I'm getting into it now. But as a kid I was super into like Back in the Beastie Boys and stuff that was kind of like a little uh, ironic or like kind of culturally omnivorous or something like something like, you know, loved Quentin Tarantino, like anything that I could just be right. like, that's what cool is, like, that's what I should model myself after. Like, I guess part of that was just like, doing anything even remotely earnest, even just to myself was like, totally scary and bizarre and alienating. So this is this was kinda my first attempt to really do that. Um and it's called It's Getting Harder. And in classic Buffalo style, when I when I ended up playing it at the City Honors talent show, a bunch of people were like, That's what she said <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Yeah, yep, yeah. of course.
1: <laughs> Just like immediate Yeah, it's like it's kinda it's kinda goofy and a little um overblown and uh also my my voice isn't isn't fully up to it but actually alex who is in frank lord and the architects plays bass on it and we were in a band called broomstone blonds together for a few years uh and uh my friend joe who i went to high school with and we recorded it in alex's uh suburban garage uh so it's got it's got some kind of cutesy little value for me um but it's also pretty rough
0: (laughs) great well let's give it a listen
2: I try to make things right But it's getting harder to see the light Thinking thoughts about somebody who I just watched with no ties moving through Thought I knew, I guess it was wrong These inhibitions telling me to move it along And I keep saying we moving in circles We're playing all the same old songs It's getting hard.
1: Oh, and that's my, my girlfriend at the time, Olivia Hastings uh, On the back Ooh, of the It's
2: getting harder because I know I'm about to lose you, and we're avoiding the questions. We're, we're taking a break. We're being inconsiderate, and we're lying for lying's sake. The original
1: line was fucking for fucking sake, even though I was a virgin at the time. And thankfully, my advice <laughs> made me change it.
2: <laughs> That's good.
1: Yeah. yeah, really, really good. <laughs>
2: together. This is my resignation letter. Sign, copy, seal, and send away That dead. have such a pretty bouquet. It's getting harder. It's getting harder to move you. It's getting harder. Because I know
0: you perform out a lot with this band
1: yeah yeah we we did a ton um i mean i'm sure olivia wouldn't wouldn't mind me saying this but uh i ended up kicking out of the band even though we were still dating and then, oh wow yeah so again some member drama <laughs> uh-huh um but me me alex and joe and then um this buddy jake cohen who also went to our high school um I and mean, we played like all the classic, terrible, you know, like <clears throat> every block party we could get on to, every little like little daytime festival and stuff. And then uh, we played a uh, battle of the bands that uh, one of the Goo Goo Dolls was, uh, you know, officiating. <laughs> Ooh, fancy! Uh, Buffalo royalty, right there. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then I mean. We continued on until I was about 19 or so, and then just totally like kind of hit the wall. Like we were all in college and trying to make it a thing. Really, really believed in like the high school band kind of vibe. That was probably the biggest breakup, but this is this is us relatively green. Um, yeah. We put out put out an album in 20, 2014 or so in Buffalo. Uh, but yeah, love love those boys. They, they they do they do a good good job rocking and rolling.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. How how would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years?
1: I feel like I'm a little more workmanlike about it at this point. Like, I didn't really know too much music theory until I kind of started, like, piecing it together in my head a little bit, like when I, when I started understanding what a lot of it meant. So when it was beginning, it was just kind of like, you know, every time I'd hear something... Whoa! Ooh, some
0: <laughs> big thunder just happened over here. Yeah. Uh that's fine.
1: <laughs> Good sound effects here. This yeah. Is, yeah. Um This is uh the perfect kind of mood heightening sound effect for this dark diatribe. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, I I mean it, back in the day I would just hear like three fairly simple chords and I would feel like, "Oh my god," like I don't think anyone's done that before, like first to run. You know what I mean? Like the feeling like I was the first to run with it. So it was a little bit more like jumping around, like excited. Whereas, whereas now I feel like I have to impress myself a little bit more, maybe, I guess. Um, yeah. Which which isn't always a, a boon, you know, like you listen to that new Bob Dylan album and that, that guy's still freaking playing blues songs. God bless him.
0: Yeah, I know. There's something so fun about like not knowing what you're doing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because everything is an experiment at that point. Um, so once once you do know a little bit more, you're like, okay, well, how can I how can I change it up now? How can I experiment now? Or how can I do something that's outside of my comfort zone? Right. Um, to to get that feeling again.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, all yeah, all, all all these songs just now were just like straight up pure. Like I can't believe that I can create sound. You know. Whereas, right. Once you get used to it, it you you want to master it a little, a little more. Which uh, I mean, I I love that too, but it, it's not the same exact feeling of just like totally earnest egomania, like oh my God, I'm making the best thing ever right now. Like, yeah. Which all these all these songs kind of felt like at the time. <laughs> Have you found this time
0: being you know the global pandemic? Uh, not being able to go out to a lot of places have you found that you've been able to still be creative have you found more time for working on music has it felt like a a harder thing to focus on
1: yeah uh, I guess a little bit of both Um, I mean I've been been pushing myself to kind of have some you know it's it's like everyone's got the fear right now that when they get back into society they're gonna have freaking lost some essence so I'm trying to keep myself a little sharp. But also, um, as much as I do genuinely fuck with people who have that totally workman-like vibe, who can really just say like, all right, Monday from 10 to 2, I'm going to be songwriting. It's it, it, I can do that, but I, I kind of prefer to keep it a little more spontaneous, you know? And all my songs yeah. are kind of based off of like a social situation or like something small. That kind of turns me on a little bit, you know, when you're positing, attempting to put an individual spin on like a giant cataclysmic world event, it can, it can feel a little trite, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely.
1: I'm, so I, I'm, I'm just trying not to just totally go off the rails and write my, uh, you know, Donald Trump song. Cause, you <laughs> know. <laughs> right. Gotta keep it a little sharper than that. No offense yeah. to, uh. I don't know, Father John Misty or whoever's out there writing the, the Trump anthem.
0: <laughs> no offense, Father John Misty. No we offense. Don't, we, know, we know you're listening, and it, really no offense intended.
1: No offense, Josh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what things have you been listening to lately that you've been liking or that have been inspiring you?
1: <sighs> well, that freaking Bob Dylan album, but I don't want to say that either. I'm trying to, I'm trying to skip these <laughs> obvious answers, um, but it is good. Um, And then past that, I mean, I'm sitting in my buddy Jake Smolinski's house right now and using his home equipment, and he put out an album at the beginning of the year. He goes under the name Wiley Something, uh, Mm -hmm. and he put out an album called Welcome that I think straight up... I mean, I already think that the music industry uh, is a completely, insanely broken system in 2020, but even past most cases the fact that this hasn't been picked up as some major thing is just totally proof to me because it's like he recorded it with a friend of his and it just sounds like freaking i don't know i I almost said weezer but it doesn't sound like weezer but you know what i mean it sounds like a classic like big major label hooks are all there super creative um so yeah it's his name is wiley something and the album's welcome i've been super into that yeah i don't know and then i've also just been like kind of freaking trimming over my own stuff I mean, I've, been, I've been doing mm-hmm. some sampling here and there too um some ecstasy yeah i don't know i mean i i, I hate to admit it, it's mostly just been this new freaking bob dylan album <laughs>
0: that's totally fine that's totally fine
1: i know i'm i'm uh i kind of joke with my friends that were just totally like dylan pilled like i i play some of it for friends whose taste i trust and they're like this is just like freaking plain blues music like what are you seeing in it and like my my friends and I are just like tearing up being like, Do you understand what he's doing with the forms of traditional song? As an old man, this is absolutely unprecedented and insane. You know. So I'm I'm am i I'm, I'm hyped right. on it.
0: <laughs> That's great. I mean there's a reason that Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan, you know what I mean?
1: I know. I know. He, I mean
0: he is a talented man.
1: Talk about unfair. Ugh, don't even get me started. I mean <laughs> right place, right time for him, you know? Like seven decade reign of like major music other than arguably the 80s. But some of that Christian stuff is good as well. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, he was was around when like the the labels would kind of fund your whims, you know. So like it just it all has like the decades for him sound like the decades that they come from. It's very strange that you can like hear hear this person sound like the 80s, 90s, 60s. Um, and now the 2020s he kept the streak alive
0: yeah man it'd be nice if a label would fund my whims if any label would like to Mm -hmm. fund either of our whims you can contact us we are on the internet and we are ready for it
1: anna and i have plenty of whims (laughs) (laughs) that would love to be funded (laughs)
0: absolutely well thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: thank you anna It's, it's great to hear from you always always love hearing from you hearing the music um, and I think this is, this is really a great, great thing that you're, that you're doing, you know, Thanks. Uh, and I encourage everybody out there listening to go through their Google drives and find the old high school laptops they had, if they had them, um, just find the worst stuff that they can and get on here, you know?
0: Yeah. Get on here. We'd love to have you cause it is so fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's kind of like how politicians, you know, are going to be, um, probably in like 10, 20, Year or five years they're going to have to start addressing like you know shirtless pictures that they post on MySpace or something we're getting uh-huh. to that era you know where people right. are going to be real life adults and have come up fully on the internet so I think that what you're doing here is just a great example of getting ahead of the, the online maelstrom kind of outing yourself a little bit as a hack <laughs> or oneself Thank as a hack, you. not yourself self. right <laughs>
0: well I'm one and and we and all one, are that's yeah. the we're great all, it, that's the great thing right is that we're all just hacks, and we're all making it up as we
1: go, exactly, <laughs> including Bob Dylan and including Bob Dylan, yeah, I, I like them both I'm not even dissing f j m
0: no, it's just the way that it goes right, and on that and on that note, dear listeners, thank you for listening <laughs>
1: thanks
0: everybody. bye. at Music on the internet everywhere you find music and you can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter if you would like to be on the podcast please email me at Bad Songwriter Pod at gmail.com and if you're enjoying the show please share it with a friend rate, review, subscribe follow us um, all these things
2: really help have a good week bye and